Hey y'all, this is Kobe R. Rice, and after a screaming death match with my technology, I am finally back for another episode of the epic, fantastical journey of a Black female sci-fi writer. As I mentioned, I am Kobe R. Rice, novelist, screenwriter, dramaturg, producer, theater director, now film director. Super excited to update you on um, that part. And just all around awesome sauce, badass, coming back to give you guys an update on what's been going on for the past quarter. So this is episode number 114. And as you can imagine from the title, quite a bit has been going on. A lot of really exciting, amazing, just incredible breakthroughs and awesome news to report. Even though September itself was very much a challenge in many different ways, as you can tell from my bonnet, <laughs> I, I have been in full relax and chill mode for this three-day weekend, but also wanted to take a moment to come back and say hey and give um, the 12 subscribers to this channel an update on what's been going on in my um, Black Girl Magic fantastical sci-fi life. So welcome, and let's just jump right into it. So what has been going on for Q3 of 2021? And when I say Q3, I mean from July 1st all the way up until September 30th. So we're looking at the past three months and quite a bit has popped off. And even though the major, major achievement is pretty obvious from the title, I'm going to make you guys wait just a teeny tiny bit because I want to get the small stuff out of the way before I give my whole spiel on um, you know the, the awesome news. So first and foremost, um, in terms of uh, what was going on in July all summer, you guys know that I'm pretty big on self-care and July was definitely that opportunity to get back into that. As I had mentioned to you guys before, Q2 was crazy, crazy because we were literally in the last trimester of my own teaching and also my daughter's education while still very much being in a pandemic, still very much navigating a virtual world. Um, and in my case, because I was reporting into work three out of, no, four out of five days a week, I was navigating doing virtual online learning with hybrid learning. And my daughter was also navigating virtual and hybrid. And uh, we both came out pretty darn successful. So I was super excited about that. But I was also super incredibly tired. So I spent a lot of July just chillaxing. I caught up on like a lot of movies and shows and hobbies so i got back into some painting started learning some piano which is really fantastic um finished those paintings behind me as you guys know and um i also started to learn um, a little bit more about horseback riding more recently because i've always wanted to get into it but my daughter is now like officially into it she's got her gear and everything and it's been a joy and a pleasure to watch her just get into that and it's getting me more into it i was actually supposed to do that this summer but i wanted to kind of test drive to see how she liked it um so you know putting her needs first because that's what mommies do um but then probably as of next summer of 2022 fingers crossed i'll be getting into it myself um so it's been a really fantastic journey um where that is concerned um in terms of like just getting back into like the pleasurable side of life just hobbies and enjoying what life has to offer and, and just spending time with family and, and yourself and your interests and the things that you love to do. Anyway, <laughs> so the self-care was on fleet during July and I did get some work done, but it wasn't as work focused because I had spent literally the first half of 2021 busting my buns, trying to get all this work done for all of these contests, writing all these scripts, working on my novels and everything like that. And of course, working a full-time job, being a full-time mom and trying to have some semblance of a um, fantastic theater program at my current school. As I also updated you guys last time, I was promoted to from not only theater teacher to um, theater, film, and television teacher. So that's really exciting. I'm gonna get into that in just a second. Um, but I am also now the 11th grade chair as well as the electives department head. So I'm holding two leadership positions and one sort of upgraded, souped up job title now, which requires a lot more of my time, my effort, and my energy. Um, and I am also trying to build a new hybridized theater, film, and TV program that 
frankly, will outlast me. So um, that has taken up quite a bit of my time this quarter, and I'm going to get into those specifics of that in just a second. But that is like one of the major, major things that um, I've been focusing on toward the end of Q3. Um, with regard to Creative Uni and Books Read, I did um, the amazing televisionary course by Script Anatomy. Um, I actually had started this in Q2, but it carried over into Q3. I finished it up and um, it was an incredible course. There were a lot of things that I already knew, but then there were a lot of angles that I did not know and a lot of wisdoms that I picked up and also a lot of tools that I uh, picked up and put into my toolbox. So for me, you guys know I stay on top of my courses all the time. I believe that education is a lifelong journey and that um, I'm always going to be that traveler, that vagabond <laughs> on the road, um, I guess, to greater and higher intellect, right? So um, I jumped into that course. That was a pretty incredible course. But the biggest thing that I gained from that course was the incredible writers group Writer Squad, hey y'all, if y'all are watching this, hey, um, of six women, myself included. I don't want to add, I do want to add the special um, little tidbit that we also happen to all be women of color, which is really fantastic, or of some melanation, let's put it that way. Because I'm not trying to like, you know, forcibly identify anyone as a woman of color, but we are all very much melanated in some way, shape, or form. Um, and that is a very powerful thing to have women who are so smart and so savvy and so amazing and have the same goal that you do and to just see yourself reflected in the industry at different levels has been very powerful. Um, and we, I think, are going to be wrapping up our 11th week of meeting so far. I had to take a break for a couple of weeks because work got really super crazy, but I'm going to be coming back probably around mid to late October. And um, we've been meeting for almost three months now, which is great. And um, it's a wonderful writers group. And that's a major suggestion that I do give to any one of you out there who like needs that support. Definitely try to find a group of like-minded individuals. No matter how small it is, it's always great to have people to support you. Um, and even better, if those people can uh, show some level of commitment, like you met them in a class where they had to invest their money and their time, um, that is even better because you know that they are not just kind of hobbyists. They are trying to also reach a certain goal. Not that there's anything wrong with hobbyists. That's fantastic. Nothing wrong with that. But there is... Rather, there are levels to any sort of craft. There's the dilettante and hobbyist level, and then there's the aspiring slash burgeoning slash I'm on my way to being a professional writer level, right? Um, that, that goes for anything with painting, uh, instrument playing, horseback riding, whatever. Um, so find the people who are on your level, connect with them, and ascend together. Um, so that has been really fantastic. Also looking, um, at least in July, health was a major, major focus. It's always a focus, but during times of crazy, um, sometimes you focus a little bit more on health. Sometimes you focus a little bit less on it. So that summer, this past summer, the beginning of Q3 was definitely the time that I took, um, to really refocus on just wellness of body, mind, soul, spirit, etc. Um, so all of those things aside, although they are all super important, let's get into the real tea, okay? And I was able to get there in eight minutes and 45 seconds, y'all. Okay, um, so semi-real tea. So as I mentioned to you guys before, I am <laughs> experiencing quite a bit of change in my um, just career, like my mainstay theater, TV, film, teaching career. It is evolving. I'm super amped about it. And I just wanted to give you guys a quick update. So um, it's going fantastically. I'm not even going to lie in terms of just what's happening in my department. For my particular classes, I have successfully thus far been able to integrate the theater perspective with a film and TV perspective. And my scholars really, really love the class thus far. I'm getting some great feedback. A lot of my scholars say that it's their favorite class, so I'm super amped about that. Um, it's fantastic. They all seem excited to show up and to do what they have to do. And they're also super talented, funny, curious, rambunctious. Just the energy and the positivity is amazing. Um, and I think that's just because that's who they are, but also we are coming 
off of the heels of a pandemic where we were not able to see or interact with each other. So I think that kind of contributes to the appreciation and the gratitude that we all feel in making this work together. Um, but our first three units were an introduction to theater unit, the play study unit, wherein we studied two plays, African Mean Girls slash the School Girls play. And then we also studied a really teeny tiny short play called Hi, We Thought You Were Dead. Both are very um, cute. Um, I, I don't want to actually insult Jocelyn Beale by saying her play is cute. I loved her play. It's actually pretty amazing. Um, I have some thoughts, <laughs> but that's a whole different post. But um, it really does a fantastic job in just an hour of like tackling many, many different issues that um, young girls of color deal with, specifically black girls. But um, when I say girls of color, there are issues in, in skin tone, colorism, featureism, texturism when it comes to hair. She does all the things in the play. So I was super excited to introduce my scholars to that play and to the other play, How We Thought You Were Dead. And after that play study unit, we are now firmly in the theater production unit where my scholars have to break into production teams. So each team has an actor or have a, has a set of actors, excuse me, director or directors, stage managers and designers. And as a production team, they have to select an excerpt from one of those two plays and stage a full five minute production of that excerpt in our classroom. So um, that means it's like full set design, full costume design. People are, <laughs> my scholars are requesting wigs. They're doing some very interesting, subversive things. Um, yeah, I'm going to report back on what those subversive things are, but they're doing some really interesting subversive things when it comes to race and culture for one of the plays. Um, and so they are really taking into their own hands the power of creative entrepreneurship and putting on this production. And I cannot be prouder of them. They're creating entire production binders where they're going to have their daily agendas, rehearsal reports in the binders. They're going to be um, submitting to me, rather they submitted to me designers' visions, directors' visions. They're, the actors are responsible for engaging in a character study and submitting those in the production binder. Um, they have to submit images and drawings and pictures, etc., and or video of like inspiration behind their set design and their scene design and costume design. They're doing the whole shebang, but just on a smaller five-minute scale. And I would say like 98% of them <laughs> are showing up to the project with so much enthusiasm, passion, and just integrity and work ethic. And they're just, I'm just so proud of them. And so I expect fully that their projects, their final performances and their production books are going to be incredible, especially because we have the carrot dangling in front of them. Um, with regard to what our next unit is, which is going to be film and television. So I'm telling them, listen, this is your practice, right? For when we start doing film production in class. So make sure that you step into this project fully because when we start writing, um, you know, designing, directing, shooting, and editing our own mini film production projects, you guys will have had some practice as production teams in similar roles to the roles that exist in a film production as well. So this is the training ground for the bigger deal that they're more excited about. And it's not to say that they don't like theater, but these are younger scholars like Generation, Generation Z. So they're much more familiar with the film and television format. It's the one that's the most accessible to them. And so the fact that they get to like make their own film from beginning to end is super exciting for them and I am also super excited. So I'm really, I really amped. Um, the program is going fantastically thus far. Uh, we're able to have things on a scale that is manageable and kind of controllable. I'm also like making a personal investment in their productions because, you know, like we are doing guerrilla filmmaking and guerrilla theater making, but like, you know, if you need some props or what have you and Miss, you know, Miss Rice <laughs> can help you out with getting some props or getting some, you know, costumes, of course, I'm going to invest. So I'm going to do that. 
So that is that. And on the heels of what's happening inside of class for the kids who are required to take my TFTV class for the year, outside of class, we are finally getting into gear our school-wide student film production project. So you know how like in regular, not regular, we're, we're, we're regular high school, but like in most high schools, you have like maybe theater or art classes, right? But then you have the school-wide production that anybody can join. So if you sign up for a theater and art class, you can take that without being a part of the school-wide production and then vice versa. So the kids at my school are kind of like, required to take my class <laughs> so they're not always as amped to be a part of tftv as um they would be if they chose to join the school-wide production this year luckily i happen to have lots of excitement on both sides of the aisle but a lot of kids in my class don't feel the need to be on the school-wide production because they're already doing production in my class so for the school-wide film production we actually were originally going to just do a theater production but then all of these requirements from the CDC and then our school network and the CMO um, started coming down the pike. And then we also share a theater space with another theater company. And that relationship is sort of strange. <laughs> it's hard to get the space, you know what I'm saying, when we need it. So I just said, you know what? We're not even going to play around like that. Let's just hop right into film. Let's just make this a full-blown film production. And that's what's happening. So um, oh, on top of that, too, we still have not gotten the rights for Raisin in the Sun. So that's kind of dead in the water, but we still have to move forward. So with those two situations creating, you know, this perfect storm of misfortune, we're turning this misfortune into better luck by saying, you know what, F it. <laughs> we're going to do our own thing. And what our own thing looks like is a 20-minute student short film, you know, written, directed, produced, and edited by the students at our high school. How about that? Okay. Okay. So that's super exciting. We're jumping into that uh, now, actually. Last week we held our auditions and it looks like it's going to be an all-female cast, which is fantastic. And um, yeah, we're going to pretty much probably have a really riveting coming of age story more than likely that is female centered or woman identified young woman identified um around the coming of age stories of you know these teenagers and um we're actually even in the process of hiring a or when i say hire <laughs> i mean recruiting because it's all volunteer from our students but recruiting uh, a, a screenwriter group to help put the story together um, and then we're going to take the 20 to 25 minute screenplay and take it through every single stage of pre-production, then production, then post-production. And I am excited to announce that at current, our student film is scheduled to screen on Friday, December 17th, which is the week before we all break for Christmas vacation. So um, super excited about that. We are going to start pre-production more than likely on October 25th, and then we're going to start principal photography on November 8th. So that is what the loose production schedule is for right now, and um, everybody is super excited. I cannot count on my fingers. I cannot tell you how many students are coming up to me asking me, Miss Rice, or you know, can I join the crew? Can I do camera? Can I do lighting? Can I do sound? Can I make a soundtrack? Can I do editing? Um, it's, it's amazing and it's just so, I don't know, moving to be able to take part in this joy um, that is happening at our school after such an, an insane and um, very, very harrowing almost two years. So um, this is really exciting for me, for the scholars, and it's just wonderful when like things are coming together and even when they don't come together perfectly, we have our scholars who are just so tenacious and so scrappy and they're willing to do whatever they need to do to make it come together of course with the help of their teacher yours truly so um just excited about that i'm gonna stop gushing because that just brings me a whole lot of joy um but we do need to move on so um let's get into the tea i know that this is the tea y'all have been waiting for okay so um, first and foremost, uh, this particular season, when it came to my career as a screenwriter, 
was both uplifting and super, super humbling at the same time, okay? The reason why it was humbling is because I think I had applied to maybe like 70, 80 different opportunities. And I mean contests, fellowships, labs, like the whole gamut. Like if it had an application, your girl was putting the application in, all right? Um, So a lot of like my, a lot more of my rejections that are rolling in at this point, um, which is fine. Like you, of course you don't expect to win them all or win any really. And I had already had like quite a bit of success preliminarily when I started this process. So, you know, you, you, you win some, you lose some, it's no big deal, but here are some of the, uh, successes on different levels that I did experience in Q3. Number one is that, and I think I mentioned this in Q2, on July 2nd, my script When in Rome made the second round of the Launchpad pilot competition, um, which is one of the bigger competitions. So I'm super excited about that. When in Rome also had a really high ranking in the Humanitas New Voices contest. It did not win and it did not place, but the ranking was high enough and favorable enough to boost me into, I think, the top 10% on Coverfly. Um, which was very, very flattering and humbling at the same time. So, and Humanitas is a huge, major, major deal, you know? Um, So I was happy that I, at least my script was held in in high regard, even if it didn't make the cut. So that was really like heartwarming. I also was a quarter finalist. Well, not me, but When in Rome was also a quarter finalist in the genre screenplay competition, um, which is great. That was by Emerging Writers, the Emerging Writers genre screenplay competition. It was also long listed in the Netflix screenwriting fellowship in the UK, which is fantastic. So that's essentially like similar to the second round level. Um, And that particular prize was that you would get to work in a writer's room in the UK um, for a Netflix show. And you would get the mentoring that you would need to be a staff writer. You get to write an episode of a Netflix series and basically launch a career, which is great. Um, Didn't make it, but still made the long list. So I'm super excited about that. And then the biggest win was that I won second place in the writemovies.com spring 2021 screenwriting contest with Ezekiel. So um, it's just been very interesting in general to see the response to when in Rome versus the response to Ezekiel. And um, yeah, like it seems like when in Rome is the big contender right now, but Ezekiel um, has also been kind of pulling its weight. So that's been really great. I will say that the wins that when in Rome has been racking up do not surprise me. And I don't say that um, arrogantly, but when I was developing the concept and I said, hey, I'm going to mash up Shakespeare with cyberpunk and make it sexy and whatever, my instincts told me like, this is a commercial property. This is marketable. This is fire. This is an IP that is in the public domain that has this sci-fi twist that hasn't been done before. Maybe it's been done like in private and other people's like, I don't know, uh, fan fictions, or maybe somebody's working on a novel, but I haven't seen it on the big screen yet. It has not, it has not made it to the big screen. So, um, the fact that it is making all these cuts, whereas Ezekiel is kind of not, it doesn't surprise me so much because every single contest that I've entered when in Rome to, I've also entered Ezekiel to the same contest. But Ezekiel, even though it's like a great concept, it's a great world, it's a great script, I think that dystopian is not back in style anymore. Um, At least it won't be for another probably 10 years or so. And so it doesn't really surprise me that um, Ezekiel is not getting as much like clout, so to speak. And uh, even though I think that, frankly, Ezekiel is the better character piece, Honestly, Um, you get to spend a lot of time with the main character, Ezekiel, and her struggles as she tries to survive as a gun runner and alchemist in this dystopian world that has been crushed by the lords of alchemy who call themselves Azures or Azure alchemists, right? So we've seen kind of a lot of this 
concept in the ether already. It's just executed very differently through the eyes of this uh, main character in this particular world with these particular things that shall remain nameless at this time happening in this world. So um, getting still, having said all of that, that's just my objective perspective on why When in Rome is faring a little bit more differently than Ezekiel. Plus Ezekiel has a black female protagonist and no shade. I know that diversity is in nowadays, but um, at the same time, I think sometimes people have harder, a hard, just a harder time like relating or caring about like that kind of struggle. So I'm just being real. I mean, you know, it's not about victimhood. It's just about reality and being able to see yourself in, in, in a character. Uh, or it could just be that the script is not as good as When in Rome. <laughs> I mean, we can admit that or like at least admit to the possibility of that. But I don't think so, personally. I think that um, both scripts are of like pretty much equal quality, but just offer very different things. So having said that, that's my little spiel. I'm pretty amped at being able to end the year with these accolades for both scripts under my belt. I am only waiting for maybe three or four more contests to um, announce their results, and that will be in Q4. I'll get to that at the end of my podcast. But uh, now, let's now that I've evaluated that, let's get to the major, major news, which is, as you guys can see, is that I won was able to score two writing contracts, one for seven treatments and pitches for seven different concepts. I believe five of them are features and two of them are television treatments, television like Bibles. And then the other contract I scored was slash is basically me writing and developing an independent sci-fi TV series, which is, <laughs> I can't even express to you how amazing and incredible that is. And at the time, I, I this actually all came through in August and I announced it on my Facebook and maybe my Twitter. I'm not sure, I can't remember, but definitely on my Facebook. And I really wanted to come on and announce it on my podcast but I'm really trying to limit my podcasting at this point to a quarterly update. So uh, yeah, that the, those, those things happened and it's amazing and incredible and even more exciting or just as exciting in my opinion. Simultaneously, I was able to finally secure representation uh, from a management company. As a matter of fact, it's the same management company that has been scouting and looking at my scripts ever since I entered their writing contests. And so I am officially wrecked. So in just a matter of, what well, I started this in February, end of January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August. I'm gonna count January. So in eight months since stepping out officially into the industry, I was able to score two writing gigs and also representation by a management company who now handles not only When in Rome and Ezekiel, but also now officially negotiates and deals with all of my writing contracts around any and all of my intellectual properties that might be under consideration by a producer or director or development um, you know, entity. So that's super amped. I'm super amped. I'm super amped. <laughs> Let me get it together. Um, and yeah, I'm just kind of basking right now. And I think that I will do at some point, maybe like a mini series on how I was able to achieve those, um, those milestones, like the specific steps that I took. But to be very honest, um, it really was about me having a really good portfolio at the right time and being available for the right opportunities when a producer was looking for me specifically, like not by name, but by the genre that I write in. So quick side note, I just, I'll tell you the quick story of how this happened. So I won the writemovies.com screenwriting contest for When in Rome 
that I also won the second place for Ezekiel for the same contest. As a part of that contest package, I was able to get a free three to four month membership on inktip.com, which is a website that connects screenwriters with independent producers, as well as mainstream producers in Hollywood who do film and TV and things of that nature. So my scripts are now uploaded on inktip.com. You can actually go on there now and like request a viewing if you want. And um, uh, the producer that I am working with now, he was actually uh, at the behest of um, his own network distribution company, production company. Um, He was actually looking specifically for writers who wrote in the sci-fi, but even more specifically, cyberpunk genre. And because when in Rome was apparently one of the few scripts, one of the and I was one of the few writers who specialized in that particular genre, when he typed in that search engine, that search, you know, term, I popped up. And um he found my work, he found me, was super excited to work with me. Um, and on top of that, uh, the fact that like, of course I write diverse characters and I'm also a woman of color and we both have a similar mission of developing a science fiction fantasy, how do you say, portfolio of movies and TV shows that are written by and about people of color he was super excited to meet someone, me, with a very, very similar vision. Because as you guys know, I think I've mentioned this like years ago, that my entire purpose of Rebel Ragdoll, the Fempire, um, is to eventually, at at least for Rebel Ragdoll Productions, um, found my own network and found my own production company specifically for the sci-fi, horror, action, and thriller genres, which stars and is written by and about people of color, specifically women of color. So that's always been my vision as someone who's been passionate about these genres for a very long time. Um, and staying in your vision and specializing and sticking true to who you who you are, sticking true to who I am, and then honing my craft, having a portfolio, um, all those things work and worked in my favor. But when it came time for like luck and opportunity to meet, it happened. So my biggest lesson at the moment is that you have to be ready and stay ready because you just never know when an opportunity is going to come knocking on your door. And literally this producer came knocking on my door. He reached out to me through inktip.com and it was not a mistake that I was there at the time that he was looking. I do believe in um, you know, divine um, serendipity, fortuitousness, um, divine planning, you know, divine intervention, whatever you want to call it. I do believe in divine timing. And um, so yeah, so now we are in business and I'm super excited. I have written five, written and submitted and also have been remunerated for five of the seven treatments that he has contracted me for and now i am moving firmly into uh developing the tv series that um he wants me to develop and when i say developing a tv series i mean the tv bible the characters the plot the franchise the context everything like literally pretty much from scratch all i have is a log line i'm doing the rest and then i'm also writing the first six scripts up to the mid-season finale So, um, yeah, but I'm also planning out the whole first season. So that's super exciting. And, um, it is very, very possible that, um, there might be some other projects in the works. I'll keep it like that (laughs) because I don't want to, um, reveal too much, but, um, yeah, I'm super amped about everything that's been happening and everything that's been going on. As you can see though, I have been pretty like tired (laughs) and exhausted because I've just been working my buns off between my full-time job, which essentially goes now from like 7.30 a.m. all the way until 5.30, sometimes 6.30, 6 p.m., excuse me. Um, Between that, between being a mom, you know, 
and like also basically like my side my not even my it's like a second job basically but my second job which is like writing um as you can imagine i have been kept extremely busy and i am extremely tired <laughs> um so this three-day weekend was really nice to be able to catch up on those things um and also to catch up on some sleep and yeah in addition to all of that though i've been doing some other things um i have pitched two more production companies through inktip because why not okay take control of your destiny right um and then uh, I wrapped up my time at Writer's Boot Camp with an outline review meeting, which was fantastic. Um, and yeah, the my my reviewer is amazing. It has some fantastic insights on my surrogate project, which I was working on in the spring, but I had to like put to the side for these newer contracts. Um, so that went well. I had my first intake coaching meeting with Lee Jessup in like the second week of August. And she gave some really fantastic, phenomenal advice and some guidance. And I um, really loved and appreciated like her contributions to like me trying to, you know, make the moves that I need to make. And as I mentioned, I've been meeting in my writer squad, weekly meetings and feedback sessions. And then I also submitted um, active director wish lists for when in Roman Ezekiel, because that is a part of your pitch package when, um, you know, someone, a producer, manager, etc., is trying to help you put together a pitch for your project. There is a lot of work that goes into it. And one of those things you have to do is create an actor, director, producer, wish list of people who would be best to play your characters, people who would be best to direct your concept, etc., etc., so that, you know, we can cast as wide of a net as humanly possible. So sort of as like an offshoot of all of that, I wanted to talk about the TV writing, screenwriting, and novel portfolio development. Obviously, now I have one, two, three, four, five finished treatments slash pitches, treatments and pitches. I'm going to say six because I actually wrote the one of them and then wrote an, a, an entirely different version for the second, for, for the same one. So one of the ideas has like two versions to it. Um, and there's some exciting things happening around that particular idea, but I can't talk about it at this time. Um, I finished two outlines for this quarter. And so the first outline I finished was for the Asylum TV pilot, which is one of my IPs, just like surrogate, um, but like with a different concept. And so there's a full outline for that TV pilot just waiting for me to turn it into a script, which is great. And then I finished a full outline for the When in Rome feature. I finished that like two months ago, three months ago now. <laughs> and um, after I finished that outline, I just started like working, working, working on developing the feature. But the feature outline is done and a TV pilot outline is done. So those two outlines were finished in Q3. And then uh, for novel writing, I actually published the paperback version of The Camille, episode one, Till Dolls Do Us Part. You guys know that I published the ebook version of The Camille in 2018, but I had never gone forward and published the paperback version because I was tied up with like another volume and another set of authors at that point, but now I have been able to reclaim my novella and it is now solely mine. <laughs> and I've published the paperback version of it, um, which is available right behind me. It's actually kind of like, ooh, hold on, right there, <laughs> right on top of um, the given novel. So that's pretty exciting. So that's available for purchase if you guys are interested in having a physical copy of the techno thriller femme punk awesome roaring ass kicking adventure that is the first episode of that novelized TV series. I also continued working on the next novel in the books of Ezekiel series called Fraternity, um, which I am hoping, crossing my fingers, to get out by the end of this year. That is my wish list right now. Um, and then I also published episodes one through four, the serialized novella version of When in Rome. So um, I have not advertised that yet because I want 
the entire first arc to be published first before I advertise. But that is basically what I have been working on in Novel Writing World. And as soon as One in Rome is finished and fully published, I will give you guys the link. But right now I have episodes one through four of probably probably 20 or so episodes. So, um, and that right now lives on Vela, Kindle Vela, which is a really wonderful site for consuming serialized fiction. For those of you who are interested in like shorter stories with like really sexy, juicy cliffhangers, that is the place where like people are consuming that content now on Amazon. So that is where When in Rome, the novella version lives right now. Um, And when it becomes like, more voluminous, I will let y'all know. So that is the wrap up and the roundup of what's been happening in Q3. Super exhausted, as you can see on my face, but also super grateful, super excited with all these new developments happening. And right now I'm really just buckling down and trying to figure out where to go in Q4. And I think I have my heading. As it Goes for goals. That doesn't even sound right. Goes for goals. <laughs> when it comes to goals for Q4 2021, honestly, this is around the time of the year that I really start to slow down, just on average, no matter how busy I am, and I'm always pretty busy. This is really the time I slow down to like enjoy the world and the weather. Like, summertime is nice, but it's not my favorite season. And it's not really like my favorite time to like enjoy things as, as much as I love being out and doing things and like not being freezing. Fall is my favorite season of all time. And it's also like kind of a season where, you know, you get to kind of slow down a little bit more and reflect and relax and kind of slow your pace as the world folds into itself for winter time, at least on this side of the world or this part of the, in this hemisphere, let's put it that way. Um, And as a result, I'm trying to actually keep my goals to a minimum for Q4. Um, A lot of my goals are really just about finishing energy. So I'm going to continue, for example, goal number one, continue building out the theater, film, and TV program at my high school. Right. I mean, we built out the theater portion for this year. We have to focus on now in every single class teaching scholars from concept all the way to finished product, how to take a project from beginning to end. So that's going to take a lot of my time. And I spend a good 10 to 12 hours at work per day anyway. So um, and that's just in addition to all of my responsibilities as like electives department head and 11th grade chair and all of that. So that's going to take up a lot of my time. And I'm just being very realistic as to where I'm going to be focusing. Um, having said that, because this is the second thing, the second goal is also rolled into my job. The second major goal is finishing and making very, very successful the first our first school-wide student film. So this is our first school-wide student film project. And because we're starting pre-production in a couple of weeks and principal photography in November and post-production probably a week later after that, um, we have pretty specific deadlines that we're trying to hit. And I just want to make sure that we're on point. We're doing what we have to do. The actors are showing up. The cameramen are there. You know what I'm saying? The camera scholars (laughs) are there and that we are getting through every single day of pre-production and shooting and editing and we are staying on schedule. So that is basically like me being the producer (laughs) of this student-led, directed, shot, edited, screened film. And that's going to take a lot of my time. So A lot of what I'm focusing on this last quarter for Q4 is really about building out that TFTV program and also helping our scholars to finish their first film. Um, And those in and of themselves are creative endeavors, obviously. That's a creative journey and definitely a creative achievement for everyone involved. And so that's going to take a lot of my time. Um, 
there are a few programs, uh, not even a few, just like the last few contests and programs that I'm waiting to hear back from, from this in this quarter. And so that's going to be the Screencraft TV pilot contest for both Winter Roman Ezekiel. Also the final draft big break contest for both scripts. And then the final draft big break diversity contest for both scripts, as well as the script pipelines first look project for both, both scripts, excuse me. And then I'm waiting to hear back, um, yay or nay for the first round of, um, like interviews or finalists selections for the Walt Disney fellowship program that I applied to this year. So there are really only five major opportunities I'm waiting to hear back from before the year closes out. So like I said, most of those notifications came in Q2 and Q3 essentially. So even those are slowing down, the contests and whatnot. And um, then what I really just want to focus on writing-wise, just to kind of keep things simple, is finishing up my When in Rome feature and submitting my, my When in Rome feature to my management company so they can give their feedback, I can give some edits, and they can start pitching it to their contacts, one of which is um, this Oscar-winning director and VFX supervisor who has worked on Blade Runner, Star Wars, um, Twister. Like, So he is excited, from what I hear, about um, reading the script, and I do not want to disappoint. I want to make sure that th that gets delivered this year so that it's on people's radars at the top of 2022. So um, that is definitely a major concern and a big focus right now. Um, and then the other big focus is finishing up Fraternity, book number four in the Books of Ezekiel series. That's pretty much it, is publishing Fraternity and finishing and submitting When in Rome, the feature. And When in Rome is actually very near done. I just, you know, when you have a big opportunity in front of you, you want to make sure the script is like the bomb and where it needs to be. So that's kind of been like my, my little like, self-doubt, I guess if you can call it, not really self-doubt, but the inner perfectionist in me wants to deliver a near-perfect product, essentially. So um, that is what is on the docket, just those two projects. And I want to make sure that they are in tip-top shape because when I publish Fraternity, that will be how I end my year as a novelist. And me submitting this Winter Rome feature is how I end the year as a screenwriter, which in my opinion has been a very successful year thus far. Um, and of course, I expect wonderful, fantastic things in the future, but um, you also never know, right? So I just want to make sure that I have as many irons in the fire as possible, and I'm doing what I have to do on my end to keep up with that. At the same time, um, one of the biggest goals that I have, aside from building up the program at school, finishing the school, student film, and the two writing projects, is just enjoying the seasons and enjoying the holidays, um, again, like this is the time of year where my natural biorhythms kind of change and I slow down, I get a little sleepier, I get a little more reflective, I get nostalgic, I get like a big hibernating mama bear, I guess. Um, and I'll be working, but I will not be working nearly at the, nearly to the degree that I've been working the entire year. Um, and I also just want to do more seasonal things like I want to, uh, you know, make sure I'm taking time to celebrate Halloween with my scholars and then with my own daughter and uh, take time to dress up, take time to go to her, you know, parades at school, you know, if they have a costume parade, um, you know, just do the costume party thing, maybe, uh, maybe do the haunted house thing, the hayride thing, like do things, you know, like fall related things that I really enjoy um, baking, cooking, like the whole, you know, the bed of the Betty Crocker in me starts to like jump out around this time, especially because we have Halloween, Thanksgiving and Christmas. So there's something special in every single month, pretty much at the end of every single month of this quarter. And I just want to make sure I'm slowing down to enjoy it. Um, and do all the things. I love the holidays. I love gift giving. I love gift buying. I love wrapping. I like seeing people smile when they open their gifts. I like, you know, decorating, um, what are they called? I'm going to call them Christmas socks. That is not stockings. <laughs> I was like, that is not the word. Christmas stockings. 
Um, we always try to build, we didn't get to build it last year, but we always try to build a gingerbread house every single year, me and my daughter, um, decorate and make cookies and treats and, you know, write letters to Santa. And then on top of it, like bring some of that holiday cheer and joy to my scholars at school as well. So I'm trying to plan out for the last week that we see each other in December, like a little series of mini Christmas activities we can do in our classes, just as a celebration of what we've done for the year and um, giving them a nice send off, you know, for the holidays. So I have just like a lot of like interpersonal things planned and I don't want to spend all of my time this season in front of a computer trying to hit deadlines. The only things that I'm trying to do are finish the feature and finish fraternity. So Guys, I will go into much more detail about um, how I got repped by my management company and the working relationship that I have with my producer, who's doing a lot of really fantastic, exciting things. But um, that will be for a future episode and probably like a special episode, right, of um, the epic, fantastical journey of a Black female sci-fi writer. But I do want to take a minute to reflect And just to kind of look back and remember that in about a month, literally a month, I will be hitting my five-year anniversary of this podcast. And I definitely want to do some kind of like five-year reflection about like where I was when I started this podcast versus where I am now five years later. So I'm going to do that because I definitely had fewer novels, fewer scripts written. I had no writing contracts. I had no management company. I was a brand new mom practically. Um, I only had two degrees. Now I have three. I had like, you know, I didn't have these promotions. You know, I didn't have this theater, film and teaching, teaching job. So I'm going to do like a little then and now comparison sometime around mid-November as like maybe like a part of my special episode of um, this podcast. But in the meantime, y'all, I'm going to get back to relaxing because <laughs> that's the mode I'm in right now. I'm going to cook some dinner and um, take it easy because I have work tomorrow. So I will see you guys again probably around mid-November for like a special episode where we do like a five-year reflection on the podcast. And I also give you guys some hints and tips and some steps as to how I was able to basically be obscure and unknown. And I'm still kind of obscure and unknown in the industry, but going from like brand new screenwriter all the way to um, a wrecked screenwriter who has a few projects in the works, both with the producer that she is working directly with and also with um, certain contacts with that the producer has and then the management company has as well so that's going to be an exciting episode i will see you guys then but until then my dears all right um i would say keep writing and keep it indie and please do that but also start to take it easy reflect relax okay stay badass keep creating and i will talk to you guys next time bye